0: Hello, this is Shannon Waller, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something that's really interesting, and I'm calling it multiplication by subtraction. So what do I mean by multiplication by subtraction? Well, what it means is that when you subtract a wrong fit team member from the team, all of a sudden, everyone's energy, their productivity, and their positivity goes up dramatically. You multiply results by subtracting the wrong person. So what I want to talk about today really is what makes a wrong fit team member and what keeps us from taking action on this, because these are not easy decisions to make. It's amazing to me in working with clients at Strategic Coach just how long it can take them to make decisions. Certainly in our own company, we've left it go for not one year, not two years, but actually three years in one case before we let go of a wrong fit team member. And so what prevents us from taking action? Two things. One is it's fear of confrontation. We don't want to have this very uncomfortable conversation or a fierce conversation, as Susan Scott would say, which is the title of her book, which if you've not read it, is absolutely genius. Make sure you have it on your business bookshelf. It will make you a much better person, a much better manager, and certainly a much better leader. So we're really reluctant to have these fierce conversations, and we're not really aware of the cost. We're not aware of the pain it's causing, if not us, then the people around us. So that's really what I want to delve into, because my goal today is if this is the situation you're dealing with right now, you have more tools and more confidence about taking action on that. I want to have you sensitized to when you need to take action and when you don't. That really is my goal for this podcast. So let's talk about what makes a wrong fit person, because if you don't know, you could let go of the wrong person, (laughs) you could have some very negative results here. So really, what I've figured out, and again, this is in collaboration with my team, is that there are really two different areas. One is the person simply does not have or cannot develop the right talent or skills. Now, it's interesting with this one, because sometimes they may not have the current talent or skills they need for the role that they're in right now, and simply moving them to something that is a much more appropriate role for them, all of a sudden, they can become a rock star. And I have to tell you, I have dozens of examples of this, but two come to mind in particular, and one of them is me. In my previous career, before I started working with Strategic Coach, I was hired to do administration, now, if you know me and you know the tools that we use to measure my talents, things like the Colby Profile or Myers-Briggs or Finder or DISC, you will be horrified at the thought of me doing administration. You'll know that it all happens at the last minute, that attention to detail is not where my brain goes, and you would be, oh, oh no. <laughs> now, did I get my job done? Yes. It took me a long time. I had the highest billable hours. In my previous company, which used to be a breaking point, right now it's not. I happen to know I was costing the client money. Now, we didn't have those testing tools available then, and I was not self-aware in my early 20s. (laughs) That was something that I thought I should be able to do it. I thought I'm smart, and I should be able to figure this out, and I did. It just took me a long time. It was not my natural course. When I moved over into work that was far more suited to my personality, to how I problem solve... I was exponentially more successful. In that case, I actually subtracted myself from that team. So they didn't have to do it for me, which was just as well. In fact, they loved me because I did have the highest billable hours and I was a good person to work with. But I knew for me that I couldn't grow. There's another person in our company who was, again, doing administration, who's actually now one of our number one salespeople. And we had tried her in a bunch of different positions, including accounting, including graphic and form design. And now she is seriously one of our most senior, most mature salespeople. She is incredibly successful. She is brilliant at doing presentations, has one of the highest closing rates in the company, and is a rock star in that regard. If we had not been willing to experiment and to try, then she possibly could not be here, and we would be poorer as a result. So sometimes just having that willingness to actually delve deep into who is this person, what talents and skills can they bring to the situation, how can we move them to a much more appropriate area, then you can find that right fit position for that person. So you have to find the square peg and the square hole for them to fit into. That really is the goal there. Other people, frankly... That isn't the case. Either they can't grow with you, they may have helped you get this far in terms of your development as an organization, but they can't help get you to the next level. They've tapped out and you have a different path, you have a higher path, and that's not where they're going to go. Then you need to call it. What you really, really don't want is for someone to quit and stay. That costs you a lot of money. If they were a right fit before and they're no longer a right fit, it's costing you and it's costing them. The other time where I think it's actually very urgent to take action, as well as the quit and stay scenario, is when the person that you're thinking about is not aligned with your values. They don't have the right attitude. And this is where the real cost comes in. I mean, someone doing the wrong task is fairly obvious because you're not getting the result. But someone with the wrong attitude pollutes the water. There is a massive cost to this. Their attitude, the little snide comments, the way that they treat other people, the way that they talk about the company, the way that they talk about your clientele, none of it is positive. It actually pulls everyone else down. It's interesting, I was talking to a colleague and he was actually going to he was working in an office space, which wasn't his normal and he was sitting beside someone in his temporary office space who he said was just awful. Technically, she's brilliant. She's extraordinarily good at the tasks of what she does, but how she relates to other people is atrocious. He even went and talked to her manager. It's like, if I had her on my team, I'd fire her because the way she is, is so, you know, there's just no teamwork. There's no collaboration. There's no ability to work well with other people. And yet they tolerate it. And I think this is a trap that we all fall into. We fall into the trap of, oh, but they're really good at what they do. Uh Uh-huh. But what's the cost to everyone else around them? And one of my clients discovered this when they let go of a very negative person. Again, not the attitude that they were hoping for. They had a very positive, collaborative team environment. And all of a sudden, the productivity of their team almost doubled. They were one person short. Their productivity should have been compromised. In fact, it grew because they didn't have that emotional weight weighing them down. They were more than happy. (laughs) To take over that person's position. Yes, it meant a little bit more work, but then they could get it done in a happy, in a positive, in a collaborative way, in a creative way. See, part of it is that a negative environment is constraining. It has people play defense, not offense. It has people hold back their creativity because it's risky. You put out a good idea and someone else maligns it or makes a snide comment, unless they're joking and you have a good relationship, you're not going to make another suggestion. It's not safe. So people like that, I think, really need to go and need to go quickly because, again, of that cost. Now, here's the trick. If you're the owner, if you're a team leader, if you're someone in a superior position, you may never see it. Why? Because they put on a really great face with you, but not with everyone else they work with. It may not be your direct experience. And you're like, "Mm, I don't know if this is really true. Is the team just complaining? Really do your research, listen, and have fierce conversations with those people because when you dig below the surface, you will find their attitude. Most people I know when I have these conversations cannot hide it for any length of time. If you dig deep, they'll either try and go in a different direction, they'll change the topic, they'll do something. But if you really press, it will come out People believe what they believe, and at some point, if you really ask, they will tell you. And if it's in alignment with your company, great, then you can work to modify their behavior. But if it's not, you need to call it. You actually need to take action because it's negatively impacting the rest of your team. And it can also be impacting your clients. So this is important because how people show up to other people really is what makes people want to come to work every day. If you think about one of our upcoming podcasts, it's really all about positivity and company culture. And so you really need to be able to create an environment that fosters creativity if you want to be a growing organization. If you don't, by all means, take a different approach. But if you want to be a growing organization, you need to create an environment where it's safe, where it's healthy, where it's happy for people. Now, in our last couple of minutes, I want to talk more about what keeps us from taking action. Fabulous book, another one I want to reference for you, is by Dr. Henry Cloud, and it's called Necessary Endings. And one of the points he makes in this book, and it's an absolutely genius book, I love it, he said, what's really important at some point is that you actually give up hope. Well, that's weird. I mean, hope is supposed to be one of these good things that we all have, right? He said, well, that's when you're actually willing to accept reality and take action. When you hold on to hope, when you think that the person's going to improve, when you, you know, are holding out this possibility, at some point you need to realize, actually, they're not going to change. Or if they're going to change, it's not going to be on my dime, which is the other part of it. So I think one of the things that we all need to be willing to do is have those conversations to be able to call it, to be able to sit down with someone and say, I've noticed through your behavior That your attitude, your value system is not in alignment with ours. And what you bring to work every day has an impact on everyone else. And either you need to change it and you have two weeks to do that or you need to leave. And most people are kind of flabbergasted that you will actually have that conversation because they think they can get away with it. And frankly, they have been for a very long time, three years in our case. So finally, when they do shift, when they do move out, all of a sudden people can breathe again. A couple examples. One person in our company had been a rock star, had been fabulous, but at some point she moved into a role where it was not her unique ability, was not what she loved to do and was best at, and how she set things up made such messes and created such complexity for the rest of the team. It was just extraordinarily complicated. Did we take action on that? No. We waited, hoping it would improve. Little course corrections here and there. Nothing stuck. Finally, we did take action. After lots and lots of time and lots and lots of money paid. So that was an interesting lesson. Fire fast is one of the rules that I've heard, which I think is really true. The other thing that needs to happen sometimes is that you just really go, okay, there is a cost to me. There is a cost to the team. I need to have this conversation. I need to do it. You just have to talk yourself into it, even though it's challenging. A lot of us really love to avoid confrontation. And We do that, and we get busy, and we do other things, but I want you to do what Dr. Henry Cloud says and give up hope. I want you to take a look at reality. I want you to take a look at the cost, and I want you to think about, okay, this is going to benefit a whole bunch of other people. Ten minutes of challenge or stress for you, even if that's what it is, is going to result in a much bigger uptake afterwards. So again... I just want you to take a look at things and make sure that you are dealing with reality of your team. Who's really on board? Who are your contributors? Is every single person on your team contributing to the value and creativity and positivity of everyone else or not? Are they just doing a job? Are they technically skilled but acidic to work with? You need to take a look at that. It's something that is worth paying attention to because – Otherwise, it is pulling you down. And if you want to experience a multiplier in terms of results, if you want exponential growth, which I do, and if you want simply just to have a more positive work environment to come into, then multiplication by subtraction makes a ton of sense. I hope this has inspired you to take action. And as always, thank you very much for listening. And here's to your team's success.